you miss getting all of our tomatoes and cucumbers, Barbara. Finally, finally had to pull them all up. On video? Yeah. Let's wait till we get done, then we'll do that. Hi, Ron. Butch Hodge, good to see you on here. I, I love Butch. He's somebody I can call at 10 minutes till 10 o'clock at night and share him a, share him a nugget all the time. <laughs> he always tells me he's awake, so I believe he is. <laughs> Hi, Linda. All right, we're going to start. So uh, I hope you enjoyed last week's teaching. Last week we started... Uh, I'm still in my book on the spiritual code and symbology of the words of the living word. And most of what it's about is the words that Jesus spoke. But as I do that, I kind of get led down some other trails. So today I'm going to talk quite a bit about Stephen uh, in the book of Acts. But we talked about, I titled the chapter last week, uh, Generation versus Regeneration. And uh, I really, the Lord really helped me answer a lot of questions about what's going on in the world today with racism. Because if you didn't hear it, you really should go listen to it because the word enmity <coughs> means a hatred for other races, creeds, and countries. And that's, I, I never realized that that's what that meant. And so I talked about a, a lot of that last week and I won't go back and rehearse that. But we know there needs to be a regeneration and uh, generations after generations have fought for their generation. You know, there's generations of Irish people, generations of Af African-American people, of Caucasians, wherever that all came from. You know, when people ask me what my race is, uh, it's hard for me to tell because Caucasian covers everything. <laughs> Anybody that has light skin, I guess, but that can be from all over the world. So we can't say really that's our race, but even that, what I'm trying to get to point is, is we need to quit fighting to be our, our generation, our physical generation, and realize that we're all one. There is no separateness whatsoever. It's only in our mind. Just like uh, the Apostle Paul wrote that we, we felt that we were at enmity with God in our mind, you know, or we were separate from God in our, in our mind or in our awareness, and it was a false awareness. So if we're not careful... We can, we can think that regeneration is a work to become something, and it's not. Everything we ever teach, it's not a do-to-be law, like you've got to quit drinking uh, chocolate shakes every day or quit eating too much ice cream so you can be a better person. You know, it's not that way. In the natural, we all think that way because, you know, I'm always thinking I want to lose this belly that I have. I know it's a hindrance to me. And so I'm always saying, I need to quit this, I need to quit that. So that's a doing-to-be law. Right. Mm -hmm. And some of them are good. Some things are like that. But when it becomes uh, when it comes to being who God created us to be, we don't have to do anything to be who we are. But we need to allow a process to take place. And that process is literally the part of us leaning to our renewing mind, which are is, which is our God mind. And that's what this regeneration is. And I'm talking about. So first, this is a spiritual work. It's not a carnal work. A carnal work is always you do this and you'll become that. And I always said when I grew up in church, particularly when I became old enough to start asking questions, they always tell me what I need to do, but they never tell me how. And the ones that tell me what I need to do, I never see them doing it either. It was always about me doing something else. And the list just got bigger and bigger. So uh, error in our beliefs must be utterly erased in our conscious awareness and our subconscious. 
you know, I remember years ago, I used to talk to you guys about a, a Microsoft Word, which is a program in our computers. Uh, I'm a writer and I've been a writer for many years and many times it'll underline a word and tell me that I'm spelling it wrong or I'm using the wrong word and I'm not. It's the programmers put the wrong word in there, but they made that mistake and that mistake will be there forever until somebody with some intelligence that knows how to do it can go in there and erase that word or delete that word and put the correct word in. Uh, I wish I could remember some of them. Sometimes it'll tell me to use a different word in that where it'll want you to change to a different type of word. And it has nothing to do with the word that I put in there. And so we've had a lot of wrong information put in our brains that need to be erased by the truth. And r r really, I, I believe in teachers. I'm a teacher. I believe we need teachers. But I believe if you're going to have somebody to help do that, you need to make sure that they're led by the Spirit and not carnal, not led by a denomination, if you would. Because every denomination has their rules of what you need to believe and what you don't need to believe. Would you agree with me? Some of them it's based on outward looks, you know. Some of them, Bella, you can't wear any makeup. You know, you can't wear jewelry, you know, because that's not holy. And then there's just all kinds of rules. And that's not spiritual. That's not God. That's man-made. So we do that <clears throat> by accepting and agreeing with the divine law of the spirit of life that was seen in Jesus. That's the law that we're under, is the spirit of life that's seen in Christ. And remember the word Christ, it comes from the word cryo, and it means contact. So we do that by staying in contact with our God mind or with God, you know, however you want to say it. But we, the Bible says that we have the mind of contact. And of course it says the mind of Christ, but literally Christ means contact. So we stay in contact with God's mind. And so <clears throat> that was seen in Jesus, that was seen in Paul, it was seen in many other people. I'm going to show you where it was even seen in Stephen. Uh, we have really, and uh, the, the uh, fellowship of people that I have followed for many, many years, most people have majored on Paul's teachings. <clears throat> when we went to Brother Garner's church, it was all about Paul's teachings, which were great. We didn't get a lot of teaching out of the book of Acts, but the book of Acts shows you and it talks about, you know, we think it's the power of the Holy Spirit. But the power of the Spirit is love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. So it showed you people that function in love. And it showed you people that stayed in contact with the mind of God. And when you stay in contact with your source, and your source is all that is power, then you're going to be powerful, right? And so that's important for us to understand that. The, the disciples came along after Peter preached his first message and he preached the love of God and over 3,000 people joined the community of believers at that time. They didn't get saved. They joined the community of believers at that time. And then the disciples began to come to those people and they would say, have you received of your spirit since you believe? They didn't say, have you received the spirit, but have you received of the spirit? And they said, we never knew there was such a thing. I believe they taught them how to stay in contact with the mind of God. And so many of the people did, and that's why they were able to function supernaturally and to do the things that they did. And Stephen, I never thought much about Stephen, but after I studied it, Stephen did some mighty works. It doesn't list them all because it doesn't want you to focus on it, but it said he was powerful and he did, he worked miracles. He did all kinds of amazing things. <clears throat> so these, there are great things that take place from the human minded consciousness that's human minded because they're still supernatural. The Bible calls us Damions, and Damions means a supernatural man, no gender implied, 
but with a bad character. Even though you're supernatural, but if you're not living out of your spirit and you've allowed this sin consciousness to come into your mind and you see yourself like Adam did as naked, you, you live below who you are, but you can still do supernatural things. And we've talked about that before. There's lots of people today that's done supernatural things. They've imaged out of their minds supernatural things. All the things that we see in the earth today, it's unbelievable. I mean, some it really is. And, and I, I do believe that it, it comes from that, that God mind that every person on planet earth has. So when you're, when you're connected to the source, but you're not staying in contact with the source, the source is still in you, correct? Just like in this house, there's electricity coming in this house and it is a source for everything that, that is an electrical appliance or a light bulb or whatever. And so every once in a while there's contact made. But if you, if you make the connection sure and you stay in contact, then everything functions properly. You know, when a light's starting to flicker or whatever sometimes or, or a refrigerator making a funny going on and off, on and off, something's happened to the contact. So we need to get into where that breaker is and find out, oh, that breaker's worn out, or that breaker's not all the way plugged in, it's just partially plugged in. And so I think sometimes as, as believers, we're partially plugged in in our, in our awareness. And that means when I need oh, yeah. something, when I need something, I, I go fast, I go pray, I try to get really solid in my connection, and then the answer comes or whatever, and then I go back into my world, and you know, and there's always plugging in, and, and I call that revival right? We were always needing to be revived all the time. And I'm not mocking those things. I'm just making these things. Uh, they were there. So therefore, we, we turn uh, to our detriment away from our, or actually, we turn, we, we turn determinedly. We become determined to turn away from all sense thoughts. And we gradually discern the light of truth that shines. You can't just say, okay, today, I'm not going to dwell on sense thoughts because that's where we dwell all of our life. We, we, we're aware of how we feel. We're aware of our emotions. We, you know, we, we're aware of what makes us happy and what makes us sad. That's your five senses. But your five senses can lie to you. You know, I use an example all the time, Bella. If, if uh, you walked in here and I didn't say hi to you and I didn't smile at you and didn't give you any attention, you might <clears throat> not know me like you know me you might think, well, Roy doesn't like me. You know, Roy's not very nice, but not realizing that I'm getting things ready for church and I'm busy greeting people. And, you know, I've, I've taught that in church a lot because I've had people tell me that I didn't treat him very nice on a Sunday in bigger churches. And I said, what do you mean? Well, you didn't smile at me. or You didn't come shake my hand. You know, and I said, well, I was busy meeting the visitors. You always have me. <laughs> I'm, I'm always with you. You know I love you. You know, so we, we want to be careful with that and we need to let those things go because when we do, we make room for the light to shine. You know, a lot of times people need to answer a question when they're going through a lot of struggle. What's shining in your life? What is prevalent in your life? You know, we're living in a time today where news is prevalent in our life and every morning we get up, what's next? You know, Dr. Fauci announced that he didn't announce it, but he he said he thinks it might be a good idea would help us to wear goggles, too. Well, guess what? I went to Walmart yesterday and in comes a lady with great big giant goggles on. I said, ma'am, you've been listening to Dr. Fauci, had she said, yep, I have. You know, so we are that we there's too much 
darkness shining that we perceive to be light. Right. right? right. So we, know, we must, and the word I put is we must determinedly move away from all false thoughts and false senses to make room for the light. <clears throat> so while the regeneration has taken place, we want to hold fast to the truth, the truth that's within. And we call the truth, we call spirit, holy breath. When you look up the word spirit, it really wasn't spirit. That was a Latin word that the Catholics put in there. It was breath. And when in the beginning, when God created man, it said he breathed the breath of life into them. So God is breath. God is not spirit. God is breath. Amen. And not just the air that we breathe, but it's more than the air that we breathe. And so we, we hold fast to that, doing a perfect work, and, and then there's no cause to experience stress, and there's no cause to experience doubt. And we hold fast to that light. <clears throat> so our place, our place, if you want to know what I need to do, our place is to flee from what hinders us. To flee from what hinders us. And how do you do that? You embrace what blesses you. You know, it's just like my wife, and I joke about this all the time, but how do I resist other women out there? You know, how do I resist saying, oh, I need to get a divorce? I embrace my wife. I, I get what I need from her. I, I draw from her love, and her love is my love. It's my real love. It's the only love that will sustain me. So we can say the same thing of our Father. Whatever we go to for, for something that gives us temporal pleasure, we can draw from our Father within, and we can get pleasure that's permanent. And it's joyful. And so we do that. And then what do we do? We follow after righteousness, which means I'm upright with God. I'm one with God. And I always was uh, godliness, uh, the faith of our father. We, instead of putting the faith in our faith, it's the faith of the father that we depend on. And I've taught a lot about that lately, Barbara. We, most of our life, we've been taught that our faith needs to be strong. You just don't have enough faith. Well, I, we all have the same amount of faith. That's where we put our faith. So if I put that faith in the faith of me, I'm going to fail. If I put that faith in your faith, I may fail. But I put it in the faith of Father, what Father said from the foundation of the world. Yes, amen. And Father has faith in that too. Right? So when Father spoke something, it's all going to come into being. That's right. And then we, we embrace love. We embrace perfection, that we are perfect. We are holy already. Uh, also patience. And we embrace meekness. One of the things I joke about patience is I need to embrace it because I always say, give me patience and give it to me right now. I need patience now. <laughs> but you should never ask that because that might be answered. <laughs> so following after these attributes, that's the good fight of faith. I put my fight is to keep my faith in the faith of Father. My faith is in the faith that Jesus revealed. Jesus put his faith in the faith of the Father, not his faith. So... Uh, we lay hold, what we do is we lay hold on eternal life. And what does the Bible say eternal life is? Do you remember? What? What is eternal life or life eternal? It's knowing Father and Him who He anointed and sent. It's knowing Father, and it's also knowing and understanding what Jesus came to teach us and reveal to us. That's when you experience life eternal. And that's why Jesus said the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I've come to bring life and life more abundantly. And how many people have been set in churches in their entire life, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years, some more, and they have never really lived abundant life yet? So there's something wrong there. I would say we haven't been taught right.
right? So are y'all comfortable temperature-wise? You okay? Okay. I'm having one of those hot flashes. So Father, it, literally eternal life, according to Apostle John, is knowing Father God and Jesus, whom Father anointed to do the work that he did. Knowing is a gnosis. It's a very intimate knowing. It's not knowing about. It's knowing, right? It's a powerful knowing. So we could easily substitute the word knowing for contact. Because Norman, how can I know you unless you and I stay in contact? You know, some people wonder why I call people all the time. You know, I love to talk on the phone, but I want to stay in contact. I'm, I'm always hearing somebody's name or whatever, and I, I call them and I talk to them. And most of the time they were just thinking about me or many times they needed to hear from me. You know, and so how can we intimately know one another? And the Bible says, hi, Ivan. The Bible says that we are all one and we are all one family. We are all brothers and sisters. And it says in Christ, but it literally means in contact. So how am I one with you? By staying in contact. If I'm not in contact with you, then I am not experiencing our oneness, even though we are one. Isn't that good? That is good. I just, I'm so excited about learning that Christ means contact. So Jesus, Jesus, the one that stayed in contact, that's how you would say that. You wouldn't say Jesus Christ. So man, whose intellect comes from the senses, are determined to the judgment of the senses. Mm -hmm. Right? If you, if you only live by your five senses and you say, oh, that's stupid, there's no such thing as spirit, then you're going to live by judgment of the senses. And right. do the senses not lie to you all the time? Do they quite? They lie to you, don't they? You know, what you think about yourself, it's a lie. And I always say this, when, when you look in a mirror, you only see what your brain lets you see. Whatever's been put in your brain all your life. Somebody was telling me the other day, and I don't know who it is, but one of their children, a child, had been told all the time that they were ugly. I was on a conversation just yesterday or day before. My brother's sister. Oh yeah, Donna's, Donna's uh, adopted brother. One of their children, they always told them she was ugly all the time. And her life's not real comfortable right now. Well, they, they don't listen. But it is sad. You know, I have family that always told their children that they were, they were bashful and they were, and then they pronounced all kinds of diseases over them. And now, guess what? They live a whole life. Of, they, the one that was bashful, she, she has a hard time being out in public because it was spoken over her. But me and Donna know full well she was not bashful. She's, she's the most awesome girl you could meet. She's brilliant. And if she was raised in a different home, that gave her affirmation what a difference it would have made in her life. Amen? It really would. Yes, it is. So again, and this comes from Isaiah, a man whose breath is in his nostrils. Right? It says, see she from that man. Who is he to interpenetrate your awareness? Right? If you have a teacher that all they know how to do is teach you from the sense realm, don't let them interpenetrate your awareness because they're going to be teaching you all kinds of false teachings. So it says again, you're determined to the judgment of the senses and our senses can, can and do lie to us. So the one and true standard of intellect is knowledge, is, is spiritual truth. It's spiritual truth. We must learn to tap into the mind of God, you know, and people say, well, God is the universe. I'm saying God is breath. I mean, whatever, there is a central 
power and a central knowledge and a central understanding to all things. I, I cannot nor will I ever believe everything on this planet just came from an explosion somewhere. It just doesn't happen. So in my book on Esther that I titled How Esther Became a Star, a star ministry is one who can teach and explain the word of God in a way that will cause the hearer to look up, right? Stars, when we go out at night, unless you're just so interested in what's below you all the time, stars cause you to look up and they cause you to be in awe, right? I mean, I just, when I look at stuff and when I see the Hubble telescope and what it's able to see out there, I literally live in awe of the universe. I would love to get to go on a spaceship someday and fly around and see all that. It's powerful. But the first time a person raises their awareness from the dust realm of carnality, they experience their first awakening, their first awakening at, from contact into the divine breath of God. You know, I put in my notes here somewhere. I said, I, I'll never forget. I was playing drums and this most beautiful woman I'd ever seen by the name of Donna came walking into our church and she sat down and I knew right then I wanted to know her. And when I made contact with her eyes, I had an awakening, <laughs> if you would. It affected me. And I, I knew by just looking at her, this is the woman I want to get to know. And our whole life has, has, has uh, never proved to be disappointing to me. But can you imagine the first time to contact God, make contact? I, I always talk about, uh, it's okay. Sorry. <laughs> and it's all right. We're informal. Uh, I, always I talked about, I think the last lesson or so, that man has always been trying to make contact with aliens. They just live to make contact. They, they're sending signals out on the outer space and all the time. And they have no clue that the one that created it all is right there inside of them. Right. That they can make contact with a source. And they don't understand that. And I didn't understand source. it. So when one experiences eternal life by knowing, which is contact our Father, and also by understanding what Jesus taught and what Jesus revealed of Father, then there is that beautiful contact made and there is a flow. It's just like when I plug that light in on there, there's light. Light's beautiful. You know, I love seeing light. I love the sun coming up. And so when you're in contact with the source, it lights everything up. But however, the spiritual experience does not come from without, it comes from within. And too many people are looking for it without. In fact, too many people are looking for some kind of teacher or some kind of person that can help them have an experiential, uh, a, a spiritual experience, but they're always looking without, not knowing that it's right inside. All you have to do is say, by faith, Father, I'm going to start making contact, by, and I'm going to listen. Sometimes we need to be still and just listen. And you'll, you might hear, I've always been with you and all that I have is yours. Right? right. Just like the young prodigal son. He, his daddy was wealthy beyond imagination. He was a, he, he was a, a, a picture of, of God, a father. But his father had everything. But something happened and he began to feel like he didn't have enough and he wanted it all. He wanted his inheritance and he wanted to go out and enjoy life. And so his dad said, all right, if you want to leave contact with me, your source, go ahead. Here's your share. Oh, that'd be, it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so he went out, spent it all and ended up uh, uh, eating pig slop. And he, be he began to start waking up and he began to think, you know what? I, I, I'd be better off being a servant in my dad's house. 
And, he, and so he went back. It's kind of like us going to church and been a servant in supposedly God's house. And the father was there. He saw him coming from afar off. In other words, the father knows where you're at all the time. And he said, go kill the fatted calf. Go get the robe, get the ring. We're going to have a party. My son has come home. And when his son came home, he came with a big list of all the bad stuff that he had done. And his father said, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> he didn't want to hear it. He was glad his son was home. You know, and that's a great picture of our father. So when the, when the spiritual experiences, like I said, does not come from out, but from within, the one contacted we find was always in us. And so it's like a progressive unfoldment. It doesn't just happen instantly. Uh, Norman, when you came to our fellowship, we weren't all, all of a sudden, all intimate friends. It took time, right? We had, it didn't take a long time. I mean, when we saw you, we thought, wow, this is a nice lady, you know, but the, pro the problem is there are some people that have walked into our fellowship before where people didn't think, wow, that's somebody I want to get to know because we were judging by the eyes. We were judging by the senses. But once we begin to stay in contact more and more and talk more and more, we all fell in love with each other, right? And it's just like full gospel assembly. The, the people that we grew up there with, I mean, I started in that church when I was 10 years old. I have stayed in contact with everyone that I can. And some people think I'm crazy. Why do you keep reaching out to those people? Because we had contact. We, we are one with another. We, we have history with each other. I consider them still my friends. And I call them. And I could real easily get on a pity party and say, well, they're probably not my friends but because they, they never call me. They never check on me, but you know what? It doesn't matter. I, I, get, I get something out of contact. And see, Father does that. It's Father's pleasure for, to make contact with us. And uh, I'm just giving you some stories that I think fit with that. <laughs> but within every person is their day star. Their day star, which leads uh, unto wisdom and leads to understanding. And the final point is living as the son of righteousness. It's living as a son of God or a daughter of God. When you read the Bible and it says the son of God, it actually says a son of God. Jesus was not the only son of God. How foolish was this for us to believe that lie? And he, we thought he was the only begotten. When the word begotten means the only one that stayed in contact. In his life, in the world that he was in at that time, he was the only person that stayed in the same position that he was when he was born. We were all born in contact with God. We were all born in full awareness of God, but we were, we were taught wrong and we were not reminded of who we were as we grew up. And then we became chronically mindful and we became sense mindful and we, we didn't have contact like we needed to. So what do we want to do? We want, we want to live in this full glory. Again, stars, uh, stars as in the star of uh, Bethlehem, they symbolize our inner conviction of our divine sonship. When we look up at the stars and, and when we look at a star teacher and we listen to a star teacher, it helps us to realize that we are son of God. And we've all learned that, haven't we? Over the years that we've had other ministers come teach us and then, then me and Kay are going to teach more and more truth. I'm a star minister. I have no problem in saying that. I'm not saying I'm a star. I'm a star minister. I want to cause people to look up and realize that I am one with God. And I am the plural of God. So this inner conviction of our supernatural ability to accomplish these things uh, and undertake this, they're all led by the Spirit of God. They're all led by the Spirit. 
are the breath of God. So the wise men from the East. If you remember, East always represents knowledge and understanding. Everybody that ever left the East and went to the West digressed. Adam left the East. There's other stories in there where people left the East. So the wise men came from the East and what that, what that represented was a mass wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. That's within all of us. Because the Bible says we have a, a unction or a union of the Holy One and we know all things. In other words, we have the mind of God. And, and I, may, I pointed this out last week. I have a union with almost every computer in the world. It's set right in there. It's my computer and it's plugged into the internet. And I can get into anything that I want to unless they have a something to block you from getting into their computer. Yeah, but there's hardly a firewall, but, but there's hardly anything that you cannot learn. And there are people that have so much knowledge and understanding that they can crack into them or break into them. Is that the proper word? Hack them or whatever. And they can get into other systems. So think about this. We have connection with a mind that created all things and things that are not seen yet. There are more things that are going to come forth that was in the mind of God and projected out into man that's going to come forth more and more and more. I always think of an airplane. I mean, you know, when that was discovered, I mean, that's amazing. Just something that goes completely opposite of gravity and no. everything. You know, there's a lot of things that... And this, But this younger generation, it doesn't amaze them anymore because they've been with it all their lives. You know, so, but, but you're going to see things. You guys are going to see things in your future that's going to amaze you. And we all will because I believe knowledge sure. is going to continue on and on and on. <laughs> so the human-minded person, which I mean the, the five-sense realm person, the human-minded person cannot conceive the wonders and they cannot conceive the immensity inside of them. But it's there. It's still there. And it, it, they're destined for it to release. Why? To help the world. The world needs help. We were told in the beginning to tend the world, to take care of the world, to, that you're masters over the earth. And man has always thought since they entered the realm of carnality that, that that's God's job. And even to this day, and even Donna still says it sometimes, well, God's got it taken care of or God will work it out. And that's because we've been taught to say that all of our life. But no, God won't work it out. God does it through man. God's not up there controlling us like puppets, you know. But Father speaks to men because he said he speaks through Son, not just Jesus, but through Son, through all people. So if we really contact and make contact and listen to the very mind of, the, the, the mind of intellect, if you would, spiritual intellect, then we will have answers for all things. And we can go and we can give these answers to people and literally we can become the answer ourselves. And so... Uh, we know all things because we have contact with the mind of our father and we share father's mind. We share father's intellect. Uh, 1 John 2.20, which says you have an unction of the Holy One. I paraphrase it this way. You have contact by relationship with father. You know the whole of all things. Amen. You have contact by relationship with the father and you know all things. There's nothing we don't know, nothing we can't know. There's nothing we can't do. And that's why in the Tower of Babel, uh, that, that picture, that story, that symbology of the Tower of Babel, people were so one with one another, but they were still carnal. 
They were still functional of the sense realm, and they wanted to build a tower to touch God, to touch heaven. And they were doing it. They were, I mean, I don't think they could have ever got there because they would have hit space. And, and but besides that, heaven's not a physical thing. But, but the, 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 the physical picture there was God was saying, man, even whose breath is in his nostrils can do all things. So su- supposedly their speech was changed and they were divided and they spread out all throughout the world. But I believe today there are spiritually mindful people waking up. They're tired of all carnality. And I believe they can be trusted with the power of God. And that's what we need. We need people that won't use the power for themselves. Amen. When you really master living as spirit or as holy breath, what you do, you do for other people. You don't do it for other pe- yourselves. And that's what the, the, one of the books, the series of books I'm reading on the great masters of the Far East, they all taught that. They all said, you don't do this for you, you do it for other people. You know, you don't work miracles for yourself. So it would seem to many people that the many revelations of truth are kind of like far off, like the stars. They're way up there. We can admire them, we can look at them, but we can't touch them, you know. But that, that's not true. The, the truth is within us. So with a human-minded concept, the wonders and the immensity of life seem far away. We don't understand it. But with a... With a and I'm just saying spiritual because that's what we're used to. But with a spiritual understanding, we need to realize that it's inside of us. It's in us. So in scripture, we find uh, much written about mankind. There's a lot about man. In fact, uh, I think I wrote it down here somewhere. But there's several thousand references to man. But in Genesis 1.16, it says, And God made two great lights, the sun to rule the day, the moon to rule the night, Oh, oh, by the way, he made the stars also. I added the oh, by the way. <laughs> but Bella, if you made the universes, wouldn't you talk about it a little bit? <laughs> Look what I did. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of amateur photographer, but when I take some good pictures, I want to say, hey, look at this picture I took. You know, I've got some in the bedroom if you want to see it after we get done because I'm proud of them. But Father created all that into being, image it into, and it's still unfolding and unfolding and so great. And all he inspired Moses to write was God made two lights, the sun to rule of the day, the moon to rule of the night. And by the way, he made the stars also. And then, he see, then, then, then it goes on and talks about us. Man, how powerful we are. The word man is mentioned 2,616 times in the Bible. Wow. That's a lot. And yet this huge universe that the earth is just a dot and that man is just a dot in it. That's all that it was said about it. Job asked this question. What is man that you should be mindful of? But, but I'm going to give you the translation. This is, this is the translation. I looked it up last night. So help me God it is. <laughs> what is a man that you should weave into him and place in him your feelings, will, and intellect, the center of everything, and provide for him from the beginnings in an instant to make him strong? Isn't that powerful, Barbara? You didn't say that other stuff. And then King David said, When I consider the heavens, the, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man, same thing, that you should weave into him and place in him your feelings, will, and intellect, the center of everything, as a son, which is Adam, that you deposited yourself in him and made him not a little lower than the angels, 
it says, and made him a little less than you. That's what it said. And it says Elohim. And yet they translated it angels. Now in, he, in Hebrews, when they refer it, they use angels. And let me tell you why. Because the Catholic Church likes idols, correct? They like saints. They have all kinds of saints to pray to. I always say they have one that helps you sell your house. If you want to sell your house, there's this certain saint. You bury it in your back, your front yard, and you face it towards your house. The head faces your house, and you'll sell that house. I tried that one day, and the neighbor's house sold. And I dug it up, and I faced their house. <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> no, it is true, though. The but the, the saint, that saying is real. I've looked up all those saints. And then they came up with I don't know how many different angels and you can literally go to places in Eureka Springs and they sell these angels that have certain names on them and they bring certain blessings in your life. And if that's what people need, that's okay. But it did not say angels. It says you deposited yourself in him and made him just a little less than you and all your splendor, magnificent, beauty, excellent, majesty, and glory. That's awesome. How are we, how are we less than God? We're not the source. But we have the source in us, Amen. and we're the source to our world, sure. right? Amen. That's it. It's like a twin. You have a perfectly identical twin. Yeah. One of them may have a different mold than the other one. That would be about the difference. Huh? Avatar. Clone. Yeah, Avatar. definitely. So we can know the regeneration that needs to take place is not putting something within us that we don't already have, yeah. right? We're not trying to tell you you have to become something you're not. It's an awakening process that takes place. But as I taught last week, there are some things that we need to deny, and then there are some things that we need to embrace. We need to deny the lie. We need to deny all the carnal teachings that we've been taught of ourselves, uh, of who we are, then embrace the truth. Because Jesus said, the truth will make you free. And over and over and over, all I'm ever hearing people say is the truth will set you free. And it's like chalk on a chalkboard. Jesus set us free. Jesus came and taught the fallacy of the law. Yeah. Jesus came and corrected our mistaken identity. Jesus came and bore all the confusion that man had. And he entered the judgment of the world, which the Jews said, we have a law. He declares himself to be son of God, a son of God. He must die. They hated him. And he willingly let them kill him to show the love of God. And so the gospel, again, is not the death, the burial. It's not crucified, died, buried. The gospel is quick and raised and seated. He resurrected himself. He showed us the power that he had within himself, and he resurrected himself. So I want to share some things about Stephen. Stephen was an amazing man that most people are not aware a lot about him. In Acts 6 and 7, you can read the story. I'm not going to read it, so no need to turn in there right now. But Stephen rehearsed the entire story of Moses to the Jews. From Egypt uh, all the way to, to, his, to Moses' ascension. Uh, he talked about uh, Solomon's temple. He talked, about, uh, the Jew, he talked to the Jews and he talked to them very hard. <laughs> I mean, he was letting them have it, if you would. And in Acts uh, 7.54, it says that the Jews' leaders uh, were cut to their heart. And it says they gnashed their teeth at him like, like animals. They, they, they wanted him dead because he was doing powerful and mighty works. 
And so they drove him into the city and they stoned him, killed him. They handed the clothes to a young man named Saul. And then we know the story of Saul, and I'm not going to go into that right now. But he said, while they were stoning him, behold, I see the heavens open up and I see the Son of Man. And then again, they cried and they had a fit. And then Stephen did like Jesus did. He said, Father, lay this not upon these people. In other words, they don't know what they're doing. So his life story is very interesting, but it's not taught a lot. It's found in Acts 5, 6 to Acts 22, 20. And while doing a, a, a Greek study on his name, I found something interesting. Uh, his name consists of the word encompass, encompass, I'm sorry, encompass, encircle with a crown, royal diadem. Hi, Sharon. Victor's wreath, a victor's wreath, like you're victorious and they put a wreath on you, and crown. So the Bible says that Stephen was full of faith and he functioned out of his holy breath and he worked marvelous miracles. But it doesn't list the miracles, but he worked all kinds of miracles. And so he was one of the seven men. At, at, a, at There was a time the disciples, uh, people began to come to the 12 disciples and says, it's not right that the that the widow, the widows aren't been taken care of, aren't been fed. And they wanted the disciples to feed them. And like most religious-minded people, because they were still somewhat religious-minded, they said, well, we're busy with the Word, and we're busy with praying, and we need to be doing that. And so they picked these wise men, and they anointed them to do this work and take care of them. So he was also, we know he was martyred, he was stone, stoned to death. But what I want to look at is a spiritual understanding of his name, what it means to us. <clears throat> in circle with a crown, royal diadem, victor's wreath, and crown has to do with the right brain being the seat of true intellect. Kay Fairchild teaches that. I'm not going to spend time on that, but she talks about the right brain and the left brain, and there's just a powerful difference. The right brain is more a spiritual type uh, knowledge, and the left brain's busy working, you know, intellectual things, stuff like that. And the two need to become one. Right. So his intellect was illumined, illumined, if he would, giving him this ability to receive power uh, to demonstrate. You know, it's one thing to say I have power, but it's another thing to see demonstration. Right. Yes. And I don't I'm not trying to get power like some of the people did in the Bible that wanted the power of the Holy Ghost so they could do all kinds of works. But it, it does need to be demonstrated. Great wonders uh, uh, and power among the people need to be working today. Not in temporal things, but in permanence. The greatest miracle that I can do is correct a person's mistaken identity. That's, a, that's the one of the most enjoyable things is when I can talk to somebody and they, they pour their heart out to me and then I begin to correct their mistaken identity. And that's why in this counseling courses that I'm taking at the college, Global Grace Seminary, almost every one of my essays talk about, and the professors do too, that the biggest thing we need to do for them is correct their identity because their identity is what's allowed things to take place, allowed them to give control of their life over to other people because they see them left less than. So we can see this proof of Stephen in Acts 6, 8, it says, And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. And of course, there arose a resistance of the leaders and they begin to fight him and they begin to lie on him just like they did Jesus, just like they did Paul. They said, we have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. 
And then verse 10 records the accuser could not resist the wisdom and they could not resist the spirit or the breath of God that Stephen spoke. Stephen represents the man who learned early to stay in contact with, his, with God, with his God mind, if you would. Because when he believed in what was taught by Peter and the other disciples and he was instructed to receive, to, to learn to draw from the spirit of God, he did that and he functioned out of that with wisdom. And some things he wasn't real wise in, kind of like me. He, can, he went out and told what he knew to people that didn't want to hear it. But he highly likely was anointed to do that, set apart to do that. Because you will be martyred <laughs> if you're one that's bold and you're one that you're going to say what you know regardless of what people think, then there will be some martyring in your life and it takes place. And I've experienced that. Most forerunners are always martyred in one way or another. Isn't that right, Donna? You said that. You don't want to be. You don't mind your husband, but you don't want to be. <laughs> so he received of his God mind. And then intellectually, clear understanding came to him. Just as what happened to Jesus, the same thing happened to Paul. So when one has this experience, they can see the possibilities of all mankind. Far beyond uh, what's demonstrated in the physical even though we have such great things today in the medical field and the science and technology and our telephones and all that, there comes a time when if, if, if we really tap into what's true of the spirit, those things become nothing. I believe in telepathic communication. I believe it's by spirit. I've experienced it. You all have. You, you've had somebody call you on the phone and you said, oh, that's Roy calling. Or, oh, that's so-and-so calling. You pick it up, it is them. You've heard things. You've heard people speak. And you, you, you think it's just you're thinking about somebody when you're really hearing, I need somebody to help me. And you hear that by, I wonder how Roy's doing. And remember how I've taught you guys a hundred times that you shouldn't call Pastor Roy and say, or, or, pass, or call Donna and say, I was thinking about Roy. How is he doing? Well, don't call her, call Roy. I might be on the side of the road somewhere needing help. Might be anywhere, but there are literally people that hear in various ways, and it's making contact with one another. And I believe that. And I, and like I said, I believe in Bella. You might think I'm crazy today, but I believe in transportation. I believe people transport, and they have, you know. And I, you know, I say this all the time, not trying to promote myself, but I've I've had that experience when. People from Africa wrote me and thanked me for coming, thanked me for preaching, thanking me for giving a pair of shoes to Brother Stevens. He said to tell you thank you, and I don't ever remember going to Africa. But I got an email about that, thanking me for, you know, and all through history, we see where people transported. We see where Philip in the Bible, after he baptized the eunuch and he was done, he was transported to another place. We see where, where uh, uh, Jesus, when the, the Jews were trying to kill him, he transported back to that place on the other side where John the Baptist baptized him and he began to teach there because there's no distance in holy breath realm Amen. whatsoever. If anyone use the word spirit, there's no distance in spirit whatsoever. So we could say the heavens open to Stephen. And when this happens to a person, there is a discernment. There is a perception. There is a truth about mankind that is given to the one who is lumined. I've experienced that in my life. You have too, many people. Literally, we are beginning to see the truth about mankind. We're not just mere humans, barely making it here. You know, we're not people on this earth to see 
if we're if we learn a lesson a lot of people think we're just here to learn and then if we don't learn it we come back in another person or an animal or whatever and then i don't believe that i do believe there is a form of reincarnation which means when somebody is born they come back as spirit the same as we are we're all one body you know and so i believe every time a baby's born there's just another one of us and you know i don't i can't tell you i know 100 percent what happens when this body lets go but i believe we're still here and some people function with their bodies some people don't you know some people step in and out of the spirit to help people or to teach people and that's another whole subject there so but we want the possibilities are awesome jesus said others would do more than what he did right and jesus did a lot jesus was not able to do that which was permanent that brought permanence to people's lives at that time for to those people because all they wanted was temporal help they wanted physical healing they wanted miracles they wanted gold to pay their taxes with you know that's what they were interested in but he was there to bring them eternal life uh, perfection of life he was to bring them to an understanding that they were immortal but they couldn't hear it like today there you, there's many many churches there's many many people that you can't go to to teach them these truths because they're more interested in how they're going to make it in this physical plane mm -hmm. right and if that's what you're interested in life can be pretty good because we can kind of get used to we can get where we're used to bad things happen so up and down lives all the time but I don't want to be up and down. I want to get up and I want to stay up. <laughs> I want to stay in the cool of the day. I, stay, I want to stay in contact with Father. And that was Adam's, the first race of man's biggest problem is they begin to listen to teachers that taught the knowledge of good and evil and they got, digress and begin to listen to them and they, they disconnected themselves with God. They didn't lose contact, they disconnected themselves. And guess what? Us going from religion to religion to religion keeps us out of contact right so <clears throat> i like this what i wrote uh the possibilities that jesus said others would do more become so real that they become a moving factor in our life and the illumined one goes forth preaching explaining and talking about them you know i i know people that don't want to talk to me I, and i understand it because they don't want to hear what i have to say I had a relative not long ago, I was trying to share a real truth to him. And they said, don't, don't talk about that right now. I don't want to talk about that right now, you know, because that's what comes out of me and that's my passion. But what we need to do is talk about things that have already come to pass that had been demonstrated. We need to understand that. But then also we need to speak of things that seem to be not as though they are. And that's how Jesus brought people, made them whole. He saw what was true of them that didn't seem to be understood or seen at that time. So he looked through how they presented themselves and he saw them as whole and he, he brought that forth. And that's how they were instantly healed. That's how people that had the palsy, which was they were paralyzed, were not paralyzed anymore. That's how people were, that were mentally ill, the man that was in the cave that they said was full of all kinds of demons, he was mentally ill. He brought him back to his right mind. He saw him the way he is, not the way, what, who he really is, not the way he presented himself. And what we've struggled with is being able to do that, 
to really minister to somebody and see through cancer and see through diabetes and see through the effects of old age and everything else and see them the way they are. How did he do that? It says he had compassion on them all. <clears throat> In other words, he loved the real person. He loved who they are. You know, we, we, we mankind today struggles with loving people because when they come to us, they don't always present themselves the way, you know, like what happens if an alcoholic comes to you or a drug addict comes to you or a person that's lived in the streets all their life and they stink and they don't smell too good and they're covered in tattoos and they're pierced. And can you look at them with love? Can you look through all that that they present themselves, you know, and it's hard. Especially if you know that they've been an alcoholic all their life and they come and say, I need you to pray for me. I need healing because I have cirrhosis of the liver. And the thought says, well, you did it to yourself. I told you to quit drinking. <laughs> you know, it's the truth. That happens. And so how can you minister anything to those people? You can't. So they're... Huh? You, you, and that's love. That's love. Compassion means love. So there are numerous Old Testament pictures of this and the actions of the many prophets and others. Elisha was one that was, he was told to go to Zarpath to dwell there. And, and he, you know, Elijah didn't have any, a bag of provision with him, but he had understanding and knew God. So he heard the Lord say, I've commanded a widow there to sustain you. So he went and he arrived and this widow was out picking up sticks. And he told her, he said, uh, woman, fetch me some water. And she did. We need more women like that today. <laughs> I'm kidding. All of a sudden, I lost half of my people watching this. <laughs> hey, Sue Nickel. I'm kidding. But I, I thought it was funny when I read that. He said, fetch me some water. And she did. <laughs> she was obedient, I guess. And so she did. And then he said, by the way, while you're doing that, bring me some bread. Bring me a loaf of bread. <laughs> And she said, well, I have no bread. I, I only have enough oil and I'm, I'm fetching some sticks and I'm gonna, I've got a little bit of bread, a little bit of meal. I mean, meal, a little bit of oil and I'm going to fix me and my son a, a small loaf of bread and we're going to eat it. We're going to die. And he said, uh, and she said, as the, as the Lord God lives, he knows this. And Elijah knew something that she didn't know. <laughs> The Lord spoke to him. I have spoken to this woman. Now, there's no place in here where you can read that she heard God, but he spoke into this woman to be obedient, to, to do as the serpent said. That's what he did. And so he said, he said, I'll tell you what, just go ahead and do it. Make it for me. And there will be enough for you and me and the child. And your oil vessel will not go empty and your meal will not run out until the rain comes and there's a new harvest. And it took place. That, that was somebody that was in contact with Father, right? What we always do is when we hear something to, to get us to build us up on our most holy faith, we begin to think, did God really say that? Or is that just my imagination, right? And a lot of times we rob ourselves because we heard a word of truth and we begin to intellectually, currently intellectually figure that out. This can't be true. Those, those, those religious people are stupid. <laughs> right? Start saying, well, if I give that, if I give him my last meal, I won't even have meal for my son. I know. 
you know. Sure. Yeah, so I, I've had many examples with that in my life, and I'm not going to be in a hurry today because I want to get this done, but uh, the, I've heard, in my younger years, I've, ha- I've heard give that person $5, and I thought, well, I need that $5 for my, for my child or for my, my kid's lunch or whatever. And at a very early age, I learned not to do that anymore. But, but yet I had been praying, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Well, the greatest way to receive help is to be a giver. Not just give all your money, but just be willing to bless other people. Because it's, it, there's a flow in us that's to go out, not to keep. And so once we learn to do that and release, it just keeps coming. It's a, it's a, it's a law. It's a, to me, I, I call it a spiritual law. We must give out and just be giving out. And, there's a, and be like this woman here, your well's never going to dry up. Your true supply, but we worry about it all the time. And again, this is coming to this awareness. See, Elijah knew something that most people didn't know. He had this intellect planted in this awareness that there would be not only enough for him, but for her too and everyone else. And so this is one of many stories. Elijah was a function. He functioned out of his illumined mind, if you would. And so did Paul. And so did Jesus. And so did many people after that. So the thoughts in the right side of man's brain must sooner or later find their place into the body. The, the spiritual awareness and spiritual understanding. Our God mind works through brain cells. And the brain cells are made more active or inactive according to the character of the ideas. If you are always functioning out of your left side and always function out of, of, of doing things and staying active and busy and negativity comes to you or whatever, then your brain, your cells are affected by that, your whole body. Depression, where does depression start at? Right up here, right? It starts right up here when you're thinking about yourself, you're worried about yourself, and then what happens? The body gets tired, the body gets weak, and all kinds of sickness takes place in your body. Most doctors today are groups of doctors. If they're trying to treat some kind of problem and they don't know what's wrong, they don't know how to do it, one of the first things they're going to say, well, you're just depressed. It's all in your, your head, right? So they have some understanding there. So thinking about the omnipotence of the power of our Father sets, us, sets up in our body a release of our essence, our life source, our chi, our spirit, whatever you want to call it, this power and this swiftness that it never had been before when you do that. And the effect on the organism, which is the body, the cells, the neurons, and y'all keep looking at the clock. You want me to quit? <laughs> no, I, my wife keeps looking up there. I don't know if I'm going too long or not. But am I all right? So thinking about this, literally it crystallizes in our cells, truth. Truth will crystallize in your cells and it brings life to your cells and it causes your cells to do what they're supposed to do. What are our cells supposed to do every so many? Regenerate, Regenerate, right? So I'm talking about regeneration. And if we can allow the Spirit of God to regenerate our awareness, like Kay teaches that what's true in the right side of the brain to begin to flow and to control what's in the left side of the brain, then it, it literally begins to energize your cells to re- reproduce and to function properly and to vibrate at the right level they're supposed to vibrate. Cancer is nothing but cells growing at a rapid s- speed, too fast, and then they destroy the other cells. So this is increased activity. 
uh, of the Spirit. It is a permanent of healing and harmony in the inner places of our consciousness that takes place, and it spreads to the outer body, and it changes the outer body. It, we conform to the, the very image of God, and the very image of God is not old, not limp, not, not uh, arthritis, not right. bent over. We, we walk upright, we walk in fullness, we walk in all of our glory. That requires some time. It's not something somebody can lay your hands on you and boom, it just happens. Uh, it requires adjustment. Just like I said, a chiropractor, you, you go to a chiropractor and you're going to let a chiropractor work on your body, there needs to be several adjustments. I've never been to a chiropractor where one treatment did it all. It's like that commercial we see, one, one push-up or one piece of broccoli and I'm, I'm okay. It doesn't work that way. There's a time, there's adjustment takes place. And the adjust, adjustment is in our thoughts. So in the story of Stephen, the delay represents the opposition of the Jews. The Jews was his opposition. What's our opposition? False, false, mis, false understanding, false beliefs. So formal religion resists the spiritual consciousness. It does not receive and, and, and adjusts itself. It doesn't allow a higher understanding. It keeps you down on that level of understanding. If you go to a Baptist church, all you're going to learn is what Baptists believe. If you go to Pentecostal holiness, all you're going to learn is what Pentecostal holiness believes. Whatever, wherever you go, basically, that's what you're going to learn. And like our good friend Frank, brother Frank uh, Judkins said to me once, I was Baptist raised, bred, I was Baptist raised, and I'll be Baptist till I die, but I like listening to your sermons. <laughs> I love him for that. Problem with Stephen and this kind of convicted me a little bit, but I believe there are people that are anointed to be real bold and some people are not. But Stephen was argumentative. He wanted to prove the whole world that scripture was true. And he was adamant about it and he really went against the Jews. Stephen became such enthusiastic that he suffered a reaction. And the reaction was the gnashing of teeth and the lying on him and because of that, uh, people could not understand, they could not receive these truths all at once. And that's what we have to learn. And I've had to learn that before. Some people you can't give the whole enchilada. Some people you can't give the five course meal to. You just have to give them a little bit at a time. But then there are some people that their mandate is to go out and declare the truth and let it be the way it is, you know, and everybody's different. But I have suffered some of that myself. And I have to say there have been times that I, I shared without wisdom and I believe today I'm doing that. I'm teaching people that want to hear and people that are hungry. And I don't get that many people come on my Facebook page that resist anymore. I used to a lot, but I, I'm not near like I used to. So we find ourselves similarly that we can receive such high statements of truth that the brain cells don't want to respond to it. Right? Sometimes ourselves, we can re receive such high statements of truth that our brain cells don't want to receive right. it. Right. Yeah. We experience the wailing and gnashing of teeth. Right. See, the Jews were... Right. Yeah. The, the Jew, so, so the Jews are a physical picture. The way they reacted to Jesus, the way they reacted to Paul, <clears throat> to Stephen, we need to bring it right down to this physical, to the spiritual picture of us 
that we, it can come to us that our brain cells don't respond to them, so our ideas have been so different that there's no receptivity, right? Bella, I know you're intelligent and I know you're listening, but you haven't heard these things before, have you? <clears throat> so are you having some kind of like, oh my God, up here? It's okay. It's okay. And that, that because we have, when you're not used to hearing these things, then there's kind of, but, but, but. And then what we hear most of, well, well, what about this scripture? What about that scripture? Or my preacher always said this, or, you know, it goes, or the Bible says this. Because the, the, the versions of the Bible today do say what religion says, but they were mistranslated and false perceptions. So our ideas have become so different that there is no receptivity. And if we would avoid a chemicalization such as Stephen had, it's necessary that sometimes we need to go a little bit slower in the beginning and not try to make people wake up right now. You got to hear this. You got to hear. Well, if they can't hear it, then there's going to be resistance. So we should listen to the voice of our spirit, adjust ourselves, adjust our way of pouring things out to one another. And also with us, we might need to adjust the way we're bringing things to ourselves. Sometimes we need to meditate on them a little bit. Donna and I are different. Donna is a very much detailed person. And I can be teaching something for months on end. And I'm just assuming that she believes it. And she just said, amen, you're so awesome, honey. But many times I'll bring something to her and she will question it. And it blows my mind. But that's Donna. She's until she is a detailed person. And so she, it's not that she's not smart. She's very smart. But I'm in there doing the digging all this out. I'm studying it. And, it's, and I'm and experiencing many twinklings of eyes where she's not. And you guys, you come once a week, sometimes because of the virus. You know, like Barbara, we haven't seen you in a month or two. But so you haven't been here. I know other things too. I know that. But, but what I'm getting at, the point that I'm getting at is I know it. I've seen it. I've, I've been there. But you, you didn't see it the way I saw it. It's like if you haven't been to the Grand Canyon. Bella, you ever been to the Grand Canyon? So if I come to you and say, oh, Bella, and well, you can't see it. It's, it's not, you know, I can tell you about it, but you haven't experienced it. And so you have to experience these things. But the Bible says it's from glory to glory. He's changing us from awareness to awareness. <clears throat> so that's important for us to end that because where there's no receptivity, we should not talk to people about truth. And I find that all the time. My people call me, ask me questions. I can sense that they're really going to receive or if they want to make a difference. And that's why I always say, what do you believe about it? If somebody comes and says, do you believe in a devil? One of the things I say is, do you believe in a devil? <laughs> and if they say yes, and I'll say, well, is it working for you? Yes. All right. Then that's what you don't need to know what I believe because what I believe won't help you at all. But if you're beginning to question it, if you're beginning to question your theology, I can help you because I've already been down that past you know, and that's why Jesus said, cast, don't cast your pearls before the swine. Right. Sounds kind of mean, but a swine symbolizes a person that just will feed on anything. I've seen a lot of people with swine-minded. Uh, swine I've gone to conferences where you have six or seven different preachers, and they'll say amen to every one of them, and every one of them fights the other one. And they'll sit there and say amen. One of them say there's no such thing as a devil. No, amen. Another one says there is a devil. Amen. We've all been there. So the spirit of truth within one is judged as to where one will express truth. The spirit of truth is our judge.
to where we will express truth. We must listen. Open your mouth or keep your mouth shut. Amen? It's our guide. It's our guide. Uh, let me jump ahead a little bit here. So there is a silent force that we carry in the right side of our brain or our spirit and can manifest in our daily living. In the end, it will result in a larger expression of spirit. And the enthusiastic believer should not stop all conversation with unbelievers because we know something, but we should continue to talk with them, but be discreet in what we say. And when I mean unbelievers, I'm not talking about sinners. I'm talking about religious-minded people that don't believe who they are. They don't know who they are yet. And this manner of working then will bring harmony, and then people will listen to you when they're ready instead of you making them mad, and they'll never come listen to you ever again. True. And many suffer in varying ways through unbridled enthusiasm. I'll never forget when I first began to learn things, and one of the biggest things is, oh, there's no rapture. So I went to all my friends and said, there's not going to be a rapture. There's not going to be a rapture. And one of my very good friends that Don and I grew up with almost, they won't even hardly talk to me anymore. And it's been many, many years. That's before I even knew what I know today. So I can't share these truths with him because I made him mad in the beginning, and we don't want to do that. Not on purpose. No. No. So what, what, we, what we want to do here is the outer man must be dealt with, the outer man, as we deal with an unbelieving or material-minded left brain. That, that's really what's going to help us. Besides the spiritual mind, right brain, we have a material mind. That, that's the left brain. That's what deals more in the retail. And you can find this in the Internet. It's all over the Internet, right brain, left brain. And... Uh, so with this material part, it believes that it is body. It believes that it's a material body, that we are just a body. And you know that's true because we've always said, I'm just a human. I'm just a man. You know that song we used to sing? And we, we've always been told, Who are, what can we do? We're not God. Do you think you're God? You know, so we've always, always been lessened. That's why they put in there that we were made a little lower than angels to make us feel like we're nothing. I know, that we're no thing at all. And so we must adjust ourselves to that state of consciousness. And if we do not, the little cells of the body begin to react and they feel like they've been pounded with stones when truth comes. And it's a, it, it can be a welling and gnashing of, tooth, of, of, of teeth. I never forget the day Melanie couldn't take it anymore at that funeral home we were at. And she just put her hands on her ears and said, I can't take it anymore. Right while I was preaching, <laughs> I can't take it anymore. And you know what? That's what those Jews did with, with Stephen. They literally blocked their ears and they gnashed their teeth at him just like that. They, couldn't, they could not take what he was saying. And they would gnash their teeth and they pushed him out and they stoned him. I'm glad Melanie didn't do that. So after a high illumination, some persons and their body can feel a little bit of stiffness and soreness all throughout their body. As if they've been pounded. I, I've, I've heard this said. Some people have told me before. Some of the that one lady told me. I believe some of the stuff you're going through is because you're getting so much illumination at this time that your body's resisting it. You know, I don't know, but the explanation is there's been a perception of a spiritual force in the body. And it affects the material cells, and the material cells resist because the material cells are used to this. Mm -hmm. 
They're used to, they have conformed. Is this weird to you? They have conformed to this way of living. And the truth is we have conformed to getting old. After all, you know, after you get 60, you're, and I've been told this, after you get 60, your spine loses its uh, softness in between there and, and then you begin to believe it. They call it degenerative disease. And, and we begin to believe that. After all, you're, Roy, and I've had doctors tell me, Roy, you're 65, what do you expect? And so we conform to what they say about us, right? My, uh, my, my sister-in-law, my sweet sister-in-law was talking to me yesterday, Cheryl, and or day before, and she was telling me about how her sister-in-law died. She was she was mentally had a real bad physical mental problem. She'd been in a cerebral palsy home all of her life, and she died. And she said, "Oh, that's okay. She was 70. <laughs> and I thought, "I'm 70." <laughs> but don't we do that? We go to funerals and said, "No, they lived a long life, man. They was 65 years old, or 75, or 80, and." You know, and we, so I'm saying all this because we ourselves have conformed to what we've said about ourselves. So when the spiritual truth comes to you that says, hey, your youth can be renewed like eagles, oh, no. And we resist it. I'm not talking about consciously, but there's a resistance there that takes place. So the body can appear, literally, and the body can disappear. But the thoughts always abide. Thoughts are so powerful. What we think affects our body. I have a friend that had his leg cut off a, a couple years ago from his knee down that I worked with at SCI. And he told me one of the biggest struggles is, is he still feels his toes. He still feels pain. And it's like when he's laying there, the pain is there, but there's nothing there. That's a thought. That shows you that our thoughts are powerful. Our thoughts can believe something to the point that we hurt when it's really not true. If your thoughts tell you that you're old and you're supposed to be old and Roy, you're 70 years old and if you're lucky, you'll live another 20 years, then the body begins to conform to that. And that's why Paul said we need to be casting down vain imaginations. And how do we do that? We speak the truth. Okay. Give me five more minutes. And oh, it's only 11.14. Well, go, Donna. You can go to the bathroom. I won't stop you. <laughs> Any of you guys out there that need to go to the bathroom, go ahead. Just please come back. Yeah, Robin, 60 is young. So the body, the body uh, th- this shows that the thought is the source of sensation and the thought is the source of consciousness. And so our thoughts need to what? Stay in contact with Father God. Everything we think needs to be in contact and that it must be the real thing. In this instance, it's the, this thought here was the real leg. His thought was the real leg was still there. He was feeling the senses from that. So we enter this highest spiritual sense. We experience this regeneration when we enter this highest. How do we enter it? We just do it by faith. We take time and we meditate. We take time to set and and set as the presence of God, not in the presence of God, but set as the presence of God. And we do that by faith. And when we have received this full baptism, if you would, what is a baptism? You're, you're pushed all the way underwater, are you not? So when we immerse ourselves into being the holy breath of God, we have come to this consciousness and we are conscious of a new spiritual formation that we've never experienced before. 
that was always in us and always with us. And this is the newness of life that Jesus came to reveal. He didn't say, Mother, I make all things new. He said, I come to reveal the eternal newness of life that we always had. And so this experience uh, transforms the carnal mindset. It takes our mind, our, our awareness off of carnal things. It readjusts our thoughts and it lifts us up into a perfect experience of our eternal unity with our Father. It's all about experience and it's all about awareness. Everything in the Bible is about awareness, correcting our awareness to where we can experience who we are. So when Jesus spoke of liberation being for the Jews, he meant that liberation is of or from the regenerate man, not the generation man. Generation man is always about their generation, right? You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm from Great Brit the British Britain area or whatever. I'm from Ireland, that area over there. But I'm not going to go change my clothes and I'm not going to try to become an Irish person, you know? I, I, I am Caucasian. I don't base my life on the fact that I'm Caucasian. I don't care if I'm white, yellow, black, or whatever. I'm son of God. That's where I'm, I'm changing my, my regeneration and my awareness. So there is no real liberation without regeneration. You can come to church and get saved all you want. You can come to church and get baptized all you want. But it doesn't, it's not changing you. It's not changing you in who God wants you to. Yes, it gives you peace. Donna, when she came and said the sinner's prayer like they told her to and all that, it, there, she, had, she experienced a great change on the outside, how she felt. But the, the regeneration process that brings life and life eternal comes from changing our awareness. And you may think you have it, but I'm telling you, if we're weak and we're suffering and we're dying in body, we're not experiencing this regeneration process. So one must put the God mind in awareness. Don't block me off here, please. One must put the God mind in awareness. One must take the ideas of present truth to the whole man. Not just, I'm going to be okay after I die. And most of us, it's all about, in our lives, the majority of our life is, I've got saved, like Joe and Paddock said, and I've got a ticket to heaven. And I, I can suffer a little bit as long as I make it to heaven someday. That's where religiosity came from. So every department of man must be lifted up. Our body, our organs, everything's got to be lifted up, if you would, into this cool of the day experience. There must be contact, constant contact with the God mind. And when that happens, the old mind passes away. The old world, if you would, the worn out antique way of living passes away. And this change took place in Stephen. The old state of consciousness passed away, and we were told that he fell asleep. That's what it said, he fell asleep. But the language expresses an important fact. Everything of a material character crystallizes, falls asleep. That's what needs to happen. It needs to fall asleep. And the very voice of spirit begin to do the speaking. It's all swallowed up of life from the right brain. And regeneration, the left brain where the left becomes one with the right side. And it's, we no longer have a materialistic view of life. It's a spiritual view of life. The brain is spiritual. The life brain is, the, excuse me, the right brain is spiritual. The left brain is material. So the first is I am. <clears throat> the second is I am not. All right. 
So where do we want to think out of? Our right brain. When the I am not thought gets possessed of life, the life goes down into negation. It falls asleep. <clears throat> so this is a profession, and then we'll close. First of all, the word cemetery means sleeping chamber. I've never heard that before. Sleeping chamber. Everything that relaxes is I am energy. In other words, come to peace with it. The I am energy. I am power. I am life. In other words, myself, me, myself, and I falls asleep. But if you, in our daily experience, we relax or hold up a higher spiritual idea, uh, then all carnality begins to fall asleep. And the results of that begins to fall asleep. It may be the eyes, the way we see things. It may be our, our conscious affirmation of other things, but it changes to I am spirit. I am life. I am that I am. I exist that I exist. I am a son of God. I'm sitting at the right hand side of, I'm at, I'm at rest in the right brain. I'm at rest in the mind of God. And that exercises power, and that's when we see and we behold the glory of God. Stephen saw the real man, and he saw that man in himself. So what we want to do is let us see this divine man in ourselves. You've got to see yourself for who you really are. Let us rise to this standard of a regenerate man, not questioning what's going to become, but just rest and allow Father God to function through us. All that we have to do is know that there's new possibilities for man. Not everything is that will be yet. I promise you. There's, there's possibilities for us. There's possibilities for the world far beyond. And I think what, everything that's going on in the world right now is, is a groaning for the manifestation of sons of God in this earth. We have depended on government, on corporations, on the medical field, the financial field, and we have not really learned to depend on what's called the kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, and joy. So all this racism, and I'm making up a few words here, religious, religionism, there, there is a word to that, politicalism, financialism, all these isms, they're going to bow down. They're going to bow down to the wisdom of God. They are what still kills and destroys. And they're going to be melted away. They're going to be brought to naught. They're going to come to naught. And they're that thief that does that. But Jesus came to reveal that there is a, there is a life. So how many of you can agree that there is a new race and always has been a new race? It's a race of one people. Become, we got to do that. We've got to become a one, one in our awareness. We've got to be one in our experience with Father. And then we will reap living as holy breath in this new state of consciousness. A new possibility that includes health of mind, health of body, spiritual understanding. All things that we have desired come from within and not without. And that's what I, I, I know I need that. You know, I have it. But I, I want to experience it, and I'm beginning to experience it, and I'm believing that this, this whole man mentality is what's going to change this whole planet. So I hope you enjoy this. I know I went a little long, but it's only once a week. So <laughs> thank you for being here. We've had a good congregation. Yes, Norma? I want to go to that one planet. <laughs> that one planet. Which one? Where it's the only one. <laughs> oh, yeah, where everybody is just one. I know. Well, we're there. We're there. It's just not, it's not been seen by the physical eyes, but that's why we got it. We, we, 
I, the only way that's going to stop this racism and stuff is for the whole world to see everybody as one. Amen. And, and I just, I just, I believe that with all my heart. I, I told somewhere the other day, I live in a neighborhood with all kinds of, quote, races. We have African-American, we have people from China, we have people from Iran. The list goes on and on. And I, Vietnam, uh, I, I walk through this neighborhood and everybody I talk to, they're kind, they're, we, we show love to one another. I just think what's going on doesn't represent the real world. I believe that it's been funded by some people that want to rule the world and it's not going to happen. It will not happen. And we're going to come out of this and I believe this and we need to stop living in fear because when you fear something, you give it a power. That doesn't mean we let things happen. It doesn't mean we don't do things right. We, we need to be involved and we need to vote for who we think is going to help change it. We need to pray over our leaders, definitely, and speak, speak to them in their sleep. And we, I believe we'll see change. Amen. Thank you guys for being here. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Carol. We love you guys very much, and we will see you all next week.